New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you over here. Rev Z right here. And this is Ministers Talking Shit. That means it is a Friday morning here on the New Thought Media Network. Uh, I am here in our million dollar news studio because, mm -hmm. hey, there is so much going on and we've got so much to cover uh, today that uh, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get to all of it. Uh, unfortunately, however, uh, we have to start this week with one of those segments that I don't know that we ever enjoy having. Yes, it's time for our in living memory segment, uh, in loving memory <laughs> segment, excuse me. Uh, if you haven't heard the news, Tina Turner made her transition to the greater dimensions of livingness uh, yesterday at the age of 83. She was living uh, in Europe and um, was battling a long existing, uh, various long existing illnesses. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, Z, when a pop icon goes, uh, the whole world knows about it. She she made an impact everywhere she went. Yeah, and and and, you know, when you look at her, body of work as they say her life in terms of where she came from and and the you know turbulent relationship we had with ike turner and 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 overcoming that and and her spiritual practices she she was a practicing buddhist for a long time i'm i'm, I'm sure she continued that practice um you know it it becomes an inspiration to look at an individual, especially a woman, and, and and even more so a black woman, to overcome a lot of the stuff that society puts on on people, to see her rise and be an icon and a motivation for women and men across the country, across the globe, really. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> later in life, she partnered with two other women, put out a great album called Beyond. If you've never heard of it, folks, it's uh, Buddhist chants and Buddhist prayers uh, put to music. It's incredibly ethereal and uh, inspirational. All at the same time, we encourage you to check that out when you get a chance. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And also this week, unfortunately, football le legend uh, Jim Brown made his transition as well that happened earlier in the week also um another great black icon in uh popular <clears throat> culture for, again football legend and trans uh 
parlayed that, if you will, over into acting and yeah. had quite an acting career as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, the interesting thing about that, you know, he played football at Syracuse and even now you got all these guys with all these records. Uh, they still consider him the best running back in the history of football or the NFL because he was only playing, I think, 12 games. They now have 17 games in the season. So his numbers were racked up in a lot less games. In five less, um, yeah. And at the height of his football career, he was I think he was making the movie a, a, a 100 Rifles, I think it was. He was either that one or the Dirty Dozen, and he just walked away from football. They they wanted him to come back to camp. He said, no, I'm not coming. And then he said, all right, well, I'll just stay over here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Godspeed, dear ones. Godspeed. Okay. Yeah. So, Z, where do we where do we want to jump in today? I think, you know, the most appalling story for me, and we don't have enough information on this, is um, an 11-year-old young man was shot and luckily not killed by police yeah. um, in Mississippi this past week. Um, this is a, a crazy, crazy story. Um, here's a picture of the young man, and, and I've forgotten his name already, so I'm going to go look that up uh, while Rev Z fills us in a little bit on what happened here. Yeah, you know, it's the young man called 911 for a domestic violence situation at home. Uh, and the police officers got there and they came in and said, everybody out, hands up. 11 year old comes out of the bedroom because he's hiding because of the uh, uh, violence, I'm assuming, right? He's, he don't want to be in the same room and he calling the people to come check it out. He comes around the corner, hands up and he gets shot and he in the chest, he has a collapsed lung, a lacerated liver and a broken rib. Now, luckily, I mean, you know, God was in the middle of all this, that that young kid is not dead. Yep. And, you know, you have to begin to wonder. And, and, and I mean, let's, let's be fair, if you will. We know when police officers go into these kind of situations, it's tense. But I don't know how you mistake 11-year-old boy for a grown man. It's what, what's being said, that they thought he was a grown, you know, they thought he was a, a man and not an 11-year-old kid. From the pictures, you can tell he's not the size of a. I, I've seen some kid, teenagers that look more like grown men than, um, or are the size. Let, let's say they don't look like grown men. They are that size. But this yeah. kid, um, and his name is Adarian Murray. I did look that up. Um, our hearts and prayers and thoughts go with Adarian as well and his family. And you know, it's I get it. Yes, if you get a domestic call as an officer, I'm sure it's a, it's a tense situation. You've seen a lot of crazy things, but reports are this officer had his gun drawn before he got to the door. And, right. and we don't know the situation. Um, from all reports I've been able to find, no, there's no identification on uh, if the, the man in question was arrested or not. Um, his mother has been seen on, on the news and in other public places protesting. There's demands for the body cam footage. There's demands for this officer to be fired. Um, Mississippi police, the police department involved is not releasing the name or the image of the officer involved. So we don't know um, if this might be, we can't 
we can't even do the research. People can't figure out if this might be racially motivated or not. Um, we mm-hmm. don't know if it was a white or a black or a black uh, color cop of color, cop of color. There we go. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, we are in such a perilous state. I feel where we are literally at in a culture where we shoot first and ask questions later. And, and, just to be clear, right, this is Mississippi, right? It's still one of the, the worst states for everything, education, yep. poverty, relations. And this is a small town. I think this town, um, last year, the town had like 9,100, 9,100 people. So everybody pretty much knows everybody in that town Yeah, of 9,000 people. And I'm sure the cop knows, the police officers know pretty much everybody in that town. So, you know, you start looking at that and you're like, why? I mean, what what's going to miss? So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the ethnicity or, or, or race is of the officer uh, and begin to get a little deeper into the incident um, and, and try to figure that out, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, we need reform. I think we've said this before. We don't know what the really? answer is here, folks, <laughs> but we're going to be praying on it. That's for sure. Uh, there needs to be reform within the culture and the mindset that is the police. Um, one of the YouTube channels I watch is uh, by a former FBI agent and former uh, police detective man with a lot of experience in law enforcement um, and just happens to be a black man. And he provides some great insight into what it's like to be a black, a cop of color. Um, And again, we don't know exactly what's happening in this situation, but what we do know, what this guy teaches us is from day one, police are taught that if you're not a cop, you're a threat, period. That every single person out there is a threat. That every single person wants to kill the cop. And that's not the truth. That is not how it works. And that's not how it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not as much the cop's fault. I mean, you know, yeah, he's going to be held responsible, I trust, for his actions if they're... Mm -hmm outside of the uh outside of the lines of policy and procedure but we got to get to the people we got to get to the trainers we got to get to the to the into the police academies and start and start policing from a, a more compassionate more understanding um less immediate and okay i get it if everybody's got if everybody's a threat it's because everybody's got access to guns so I'm back on my soapbox. We got to start limiting access to guns. We got to find a way to better regulate the number and the ease of accessibility to weapons, uh, to killing machines. Yeah, yeah. It, it it becomes it becomes an imperative one to do two things. The first thing is. As you said, the culture of policing in this country has has transformed from one 
an organization and a culture originally put in place to enforce slave laws. Hunt black men. And then once that tried to be replaced, it was replaced with the military attitude so that every, and that's where we are now. And if you're in war, if they ain't on your side, they are a combatant. Right. Because, you know, and, and that's and, and until proven otherwise, that's how you will be treated and seen. And so, you know, we, we, we really have to begin um, looking at the cultures that create these uh, anomalies, if you will, in our society that are tearing away the fiber of uh, of our nation and, and, and the world, to be quite frank. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, um, a number of weeks back now, we reported on a story out of uh, the Baltimore area of uh, three middle school kids that barged onto a bus and attempted to murder a- another kid. Um, there's been developments in that story. Two of those uh, two of those suspects were arrested a couple weeks back. The third suspect was arrested this past week. We've now learned that the whole thing was orchestrated by a young girl in middle school um, and that one of the suspects is um, is an interested party in a murder in Washington in what they believe is a murder in Washington, D.C. So. The youth of our nation in peril are in peril. And I, I'm starting to look at it from the perspective of these kids just don't feel they belong. Yes. It, 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 that what's it matter if I, if I shoot someone up? Yep. No, or anything. Life might be better on the inside than it is in their homes. So it now is the time I think where, the effort needs to be made to reach into the impoverished areas of our country, those places where we know we have problems, and let's start providing better education. Let's start providing better after-school care. Let's start providing mothers with support to help raise their children. Right now, we are in far too we're far too down far too down the road of self indi- You know, you're on your own. Good luck. You yeah. you made you you made the babies now. Good luck, yeah. and it it's gonna have to change because the division, the separation, and that lack of belonging is really ripping into um, the young kids of America and most specifically black populations. Yeah, you know, and 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 here's an interesting fact right here that, uh, and I think that would may have been you and I who were talking about this the other day. <laughs> Uh, it happens more often in the black community because of the the economic and living and all of that conditions. But if a person is living in crisis every day, and and we're not going to cast blame on how somebody got in that situation, right? Right. Doesn't matter. Black, white, red. If someone is living in crisis every day and everything is a struggle and everything is 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 very tenuous. It's not going to take that person very long to say, what does any of this matter? Right. I'm I'm being attacked on all fronts. I'm I'm being threatened on all fronts. Uh why do I care about some of this other stuff? And so 
-hmm. that's happening more and more to our young people. Partly, you know, the Surgeon General just made a statement yesterday, day before about the dangers and hazards of social media, where these companies that are trying to make money are pushing these images and these ideas before these young people who are emulating it because they think it's popular, they get some laughs or whatever, but inside internally, before they have the, the ability to reason or to rationalize certain situations to make a valid choice, their mind is being uh, warped, if you will. And so now they got to overcome that. So, you know, and then this is the, this is, this is the spiritual principle of oneness. And so now we have not only the adults, right, in peril because they got to deal with it. Now the children and and the the idea of mental health is very much alive now. But unfortunately, we don't have enough counselors to support the people because, you know, quite frankly, a lot of people that were in those fields before the pandemic got out because they wasn't paying and then the whole pandemic thing of being connected and it wasn't necessarily working online. Yep. So now we have have another situation that we have to deal with by not looking at life holistically and looking at it as one. That's my that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and it's unfortunate that and especially in America, we draw those distinctions based on color. Yep. And right. If. I'm trying to think where, you know, what's the whitest city in America? Palm Springs. If this was happening in Palm Springs, there'd be all kinds of mobilization. There'd be all kinds of people giving money to resources and there'd be all kinds of crazy stuff going on to alleviate the concern. But because these issues are happening in Chicago or Detroit or, 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 uh, or Baltimore Ah, you know, that's on the other side of the country. I don't have to worry about that so much. Yeah. The yeah. good news yeah. is there is there is an avenue to help. There really is, I believe. And that begins with each and every one of us coming to that deeper understanding that we are all one. Yes. No buts. No, well, you know, the... Those black men, they, they, none of none of any of that. We have to come to a deeper understanding that white men are just as much a threat in this country as black men are. Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, I don't off. I can't think of the last time I saw a black man on the news shooting up a, a supermarket, a movie theater, or a shopping mall. Even the guy that even the guy that drove into the White House this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he's not exactly white either. Um, so uh, if you haven't heard, folks, a young man, nineteen, uh, drove a U-Haul van into the gate in, into one of the the protective barriers around the White House this week, trying to get in. Um, had a Nazi flag in the cab of the truck, and um, his name is. Uh, Sai Varshith Kandula, um, and I was unable to find any definitive uh, information around his origin, if he is American, you know, American born or is here 
uh, on a visa or visiting or whatever it may be. But we see more violence from every other color than we do from, from black folk, in my opinion, from my perspective. And, and that's simply because we have for far too long um, marginalized that community. And, well, let's put it straight up. We have vilified yeah. black skin in America. Yeah. Yeah. E even yeah. though we might celebrate Tina Turner. Right. Yeah, right. no doubt. And, and, but, 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 you know, historically in the black community, uh, the things that have been celebrated are entertainment. So if you're in sports or you're in music or some form of entertainment, there's a lot of, uh, media and so forth that uh, pertains to that. But but another historic appointment was made this or a historic event was happening this week when President Biden elected or appointed um, uh, Air Force General C.Q. Brown Jr. as uh, as the Joint Chiefs of Staffs. Uh, he was uh, uh, General Brown was a, a fighter pilot hero and and so now he's the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and it is now the first time in the history of this country that the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the uh, 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 Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin, are two black men running that particular part of the military of this country. Yeah. Now that's a first, and that's something that should be celebrated and, and, and held up. We will see what kind of publicity that gets as opposed to the normal entertainment basketball sports or, or, or music or acting right. uh, gets equal time. It'll yeah. be interesting. Exactly. Um, you know, I think that's a, a great, I love the fact that there are still avenues and examples of black exceptionalism. Yeah. Right. It, it, it doesn't, it, it's a very exclusive job. <laughs> yes. Not a lot of people make it. To, right? It takes grit and determination and it takes um, a real work ethic and, and a loyalty to our armed forces to find yourself even uh, in the running for a position such as this. Mm -hmm. um, for a black man to do it, it's probably five times as hard as a white guy to do it in that culture. Um, so Big kudos uh, yeah. to to uh, C. Jackson Brown. Did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, CQ. CQ Brown Jr. CQ Brown Jr. Congratulations, sir. Uh, thank you for, for being a model. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, I envision a world where it's not a big deal. I envision yeah. a world where we've gotten to a point of racial equity that we can say the best man got the job. And um, and right now, it's still very important to recognize that this is a black man doing this. Um, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Everybody seems forgets Black Lives Matters is a great slogan. But there is a word on there that is in, inherent within that slogan that is Black Lives Matter, too. Mm -hmm. That movement was never about putting black lives above any other lives. It was about recognizing that these lives matter too. Yeah. The new one is yeah. trans rights or human rights too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
until everybody can, until we have equity, we're going to need to celebrate more, uh, more excitedly, more voraciously, more loudly, the accomplishments of folks of color in, uh, especially in these higher levels of leadership. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and, and, you know, as we look at celebrations, if you will, you know, we have the Memorial Day weekend coming up. Happy Memorial Day to everyone who is so inclined. Um, And we'll be celebrating, um, you know, our, our, our armed forces who have committed the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, the flip side of this for me is as we get ready to go on, uh, begin the summer officially and, and families take vacations, we got a government that's, we're now what? The day's the 26th. So we got what? One, two, three, four, five. We got five days before the debt ceiling happens that could cripple this country and cripple the world if we go into recession and can't pay bills and we're waiting to the last minute now because all the all the all, all of the all of the the, the legislation in in white house they're going home for memorial day weekend which means yep. they're not going to be back until tuesday now they might call some special session and make you stay you know but uh, and, and the latest I heard is, well, they're going to let them go home, but if they call them, then they got to come back in 24 hours. I mean, some some madness, right? With at the most, at the busiest travel time yeah. in, the, in the country so far. I mean, they're saying here in Denver, uh, they're expecting a half a million people to pass through Denver International Airport this weekend. Yeah. And Yo, know, to me, this is all political bullshit. <laughs> yes. I, I, what, I, what he said. <laughs> I, I sat down the other day and I tried to remember when was the first time I heard his whole battle over the debt ceiling. And I don't remember if it was during the George Bush era or if it was during Obama's term or maybe it was even before that. But it seems like these are a bunch of rich white guys. At the end of the day, the last thing they want to do is, is mess around with their own, with the economics, right? The last thing they want to do is monkey around with their own paycheck. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems pretty clear that if we default on our debts as a country, well, that's going to create economic mayhem. I don't think the Republican, the GOP-led caucuses are that interested in creating economic chaos. I don't think they're ready to try to get rid of the little guy. Right. Because they know they can't survive if all they have is their own, is the, is their own stuff. Because they don't do any work. These politicians, they, you know, yeah, they talk a big game. They just... but. They mostly travel back and forth and listen to people talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I really don't believe anybody has any interest in letting this, letting us default. 
it's become a, a game of political football. Yeah. One side takes the ball and turns it into a hostage. And and nah, 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 we're in power. We got the football. And but they always come to an agreement in the 12th hour. They always find a way to raise the ceiling for another six months. And, and they and I know they do it for six months so that they can. Right. <laughs> Republicans aren't going to propose any real changing legislation because they're betting they're still going to have the ball in six months and that they can use that to extort something else, that they can use that to, to manipulate another <laughs> issue or whatever it might be. And, and, you know, you know, one of the things that they're talking about now is, you know, how this might and would affect interest rates. Right. Shit. And, and now mortgage rates are like seven and, and most people uh, may not remember, but get on your internet, internet and, and check out what interest home interest rates were in early 80s, 80, 81, 82. Mortgage rates were like 12, 13% for a mortgage. 1990s, where uh, mortgage rates started at 10.13. Look at the 80s. The 80s was, 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 I think, like early 80s, 82, 83, somewhere around in there. It was almost 12%, 12 or 13%. The highest in 1980 was 13.74. There yeah. we go. There and we go. In 81, it was 16.63. There we go. And and the country was in peril. Yeah. That's what all, when you think about it, that's what all these uh, drug laws and all of these things that, that put people away because the economy had sank so bad that you know, we got we got to come up with an equalizer. So they came up with all these things, and 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 if we allow that to happen again, that's that's what that that that's a potential. I mean, mortgage rates right now are at like seven. Yeah. So we're talking. Imagine doubling that almost. Nobody's going to buy a house, and nobody's going to have a job, and 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 it will be disastrous if we cannot get our head out of our behind. And do the right thing by the people who put us put those guys in office. It, it, I mean, it's 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 ludicrous. Yep. Hey, living here in Colorado, I'm looking square down the, at the third district, <laughs> the third congressional district here in Colorado, folks. If you don't know, uh, has now elected Lauren Boebert to office twice in a row, <laughs> and and we know. Not only does she have no skill at the job. <laughs> really? She wasn't, she wasn't interested in politics until somebody helped her realize, Ted Cruz, that she could make a lot of money and become a multimillionaire. And it, it's become the path of success is now, it would appear... Well, get yourself elected at any cost. George Santos was was indicted by the Department of Justice on 13 different felony counts, mostly related to money. The guy couldn't rub two nickels together, but he gets elected to Congress, and now he's going to have the benefits of that for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. 
right? Yeah. And he says he's going to he's going to run regardless to what happens. He's going to have a hard time doing that in Prison Orange. I'm just going to say <laughs> it doesn't look good on TV. <laughs> Campaign ads don't sell when you're behind bars. Uh, and and here's the thing, we know in this day and age, this whole whole thing of vetting characters or vetting people who are running to prevent these kinds of things. Who was vetting him? Who in New York political party invented him? Who in the National Republican Party vetted this guy that that this was not an anomaly, right? Yeah. And I believe that all of that stuff was overlooked because they were trying to get numbers, right? Yeah. And, and, and now it's an embarrassment. And we don't, and, and I know our time is running short. And I don't even want to go into the embarrassment of DeSantos, the other, other, uh, the Ron DeSantos who announced his presidency on Twitter that had like an hour delay and, you know, you know, and all kind of madness going on with that, that <laughs> you know, we'll see if that's indicative of his whole campaign. We'll just see, we'll, we'll, we'll start marking some points and see if that is a, an indication of how his whole campaign for presidency will go. Well, if you, if, if you just look at what he's done as governor of Florida, it's nothing but a swamp. It, it's nothing but a lot of, he's just throwing crap against the wall, trying to look good, try, trying to be the next Donald J. Trump, trying to, trying to, to line his own pockets. He's not governing Florida. No. He's trying to govern the nation from Florida. He's trying to influence national policy from from Florida. And I'm, I'm really interested about this because I'm going to be in Florida for two weeks in July. I'm giving a couple of talks down there. Actually, I'll be at uh, Center for Spiritual Living Sarasota on the 17th and uh, then at uh, Unity of Naples on the 23rd of July. And I'm going to be down in Florida and I, I'm going to be talking to people. Because I don't believe the majority of people in Florida believe what Ron DeSantis is pushing. I don't believe the majority of people in the third district of Colorado are pushing what Lauren Bo believe what Lauren Boebert's pushing. I don't believe the majority of people in Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, district down in, in Georgia there believe what she's pushing. Um, you know, it that's another one this week that I, I I always hesitate to bring up Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green because it just gets so ugly and so <clears throat> deep so quick, and yeah. she's attacking. She she she's always on the attack. And earlier this week, George DeSantis from New York was giving us was giving an interview on the steps of the Capitol building, and uh, I can't remember his name now, but a black legislator, Democrat basically from the steps of the Capitol heckled him and called for Democrats to get rid of him or called for Republicans to get rid of this guy, called him out. Then the next day, Marjorie Taylor Greene does the same exact thing to, to the black representative. But when he pushes back a little, she claims that she feels threatened by him. So once again, 
oh, you're a black man. You must be a threat. You must be violent. You must be aggressive. It's like, no, the guy was standing 50 feet away. Heckling, heckling Santos saying, yeah, that's right. You need to get out of here. They need to replace your dumb ass. And that now suddenly he's aggressive. And the next yeah. thing you know, he's going to be a problem. And she's good. It, it, it's a, it's become a cult of personality. Yeah. And everybody's got their own cult down there in, in in Washington at this point. All right, let's not say everybody, because there are good people. I look at Ilhan Omar. I look at, at AOC. I look at, at Bernie Sanders still, Elizabeth Warren. There's still a lot of good people doing a lot of good work to try to stay away from that fray. Mm -hmm. But you look at, at the, the, the right side of the, if you will, the red side of the aisle, and they all seem to want to rush headlong into the controversy and into the vitriol and into the aggressive uh, language and attacking each other. And um, if they weren't in charge, it would be laughable. Yeah. yeah. But these are the people that are creating the laws that are going to dict that are going to mandate how we behave moving into the future. And yeah. that I think is something we got to we got to work towards counteracting which is why people have to vote people have to be informed you hear us say this on this show all the time all the time <laughs> get your information from multiple sources do not depend on one source one news outlet one magazine one podcast one blog yep. get your information because people are going to cover from their perspective and so we need people that are better informed that can ask the critical questions, that are not uh, afraid to get involved because, you know, some of these laws, they put them in place, they don't go away without a whole lot of turmoil. And we, we are hiring these individuals to represent us, our districts, our states. Um, and I mean, when you look at Ron DeSantis, he's just passed a bill in Florida where schools that that receive public monies cannot participate in any kind of uh, diversity or equity or inclusion program. So if you have a, a school organization that wants to, to put on a, a, a parade or a march or, or a debate about diversity, they can't do it if they're getting uh, public funds. Um, right. This is, so, so, so we've had, we got a governor who's put a law out that prevents people from having conversations and putting on events for us to learn that we are one people, to respect yeah. the differences, to understand the differences. And, and he's passed, now, if he's done that at the state, what kind of havoc would he bring <laughs> at a national level? Yeah. And why do we want to find out? I mean, I mean, it's just. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> exactly. Hey, folks, you know, we may we understand we might not be the most popular uh, program with the Gen Z or the millennial generation. Uh, but if you know somebody in Gen Z or a millennial, give them the website I just dropped into the chat box. It's called Run for Something. Uh, they work specifically with millennial and Gen Z folk 
that want to run for local office, that want to make their first uh, and enter into the game uh, and make their first run. And I want to see more organizations like this, more organizations that are saying, hey, whether you're whether you're uh, a Gen Xer like us or whether you're uh, Gen Next or whatever it is, now is the time, I believe, for all of us to get involved. Whether it's writing a letter or running for an office, uh, running for a local school board. Uh, I know this program comes back to this rally cry a lot, uh, but it, it it's what we're going to have to do to make changes to the system so that because let's be honest, those black kids in Baltimore, they don't have many options. If they don't have an awful lot of options other than to pick up a gun or to stand out on the street corner. Uh, and it takes legislatures, it takes people of, uh, in uh, political power to say, we want to change that and we've got the dollars to make it happen. Um, and we've got to tell those people that that's what we want as an American society. Yeah. And, and when we look at these, you know, these communities, they're food deserts, right? They're, meaning that they can't get good nutritional food in the neighborhood, fresh produce. So they're stuck with fast food. And, and so the health is bad. And, and these environments and situations were created by these individuals in legislation who started doing the regentrification, pushing people out of neighborhoods that, that only needed a little bit of effort to fix up. They just redo it. The people that are there can't live there anymore because they can't afford it. And now we got debt ceiling. I mean, it's all connected. And now they're in an even worse situation, worse housing, worse food, worse schools. And then then you 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 come up with the 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 pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like, well, I don't even have boots. Forget the straps. <laughs> Give me a boot first and I might try that idea. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Let's give some people some boots. <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, we have completely run out of time at this point, folks. So we want to thank you for being with us. We want to thank you for being a part of the New Thought Media Network family, for tuning into this broadcast and all that we do here on the network. Uh, we are continuing to grow. We're making leaps and strides uh, every day in the number of people that are tuning into our programming and our broadcasts. And today we've got that full lineup. Uh, Seku writes with Be Your Own Heroes up next. Morning Prayer at 8.15. The Morning Sip with Rev. Melissa at 8.30. Uh, Emma Moreno at 9 o'clock. Spanish language programming at 9.30. Practicing Infinite Possibilities with Lindsay Lineback at 10.00. The Joy Show at 1 o'clock with Rev B. Always a great time. I'll be back at 5 with the good news. And Reverend Michael's here with the Fireside Chat at 6 o'clock tonight. So uh, please keep coming back. Uh, if you'd like to become a part of our financial sponsorship, head on over to the website, ntmedia.org. Click on that Donate button. Uh, share a little bit of your financial good with the network. It goes a long, long way to ensuring we can keep moving this message. We can keep sharing this most powerful message of positivity out into the world. You know, we know that these are all human problems and we know there is a divine solution to every one of them. Uh, however, we don't find the solution by just sitting around waiting for it to show up. We've got to talk about it. We've got to discuss it. We've got to explore it. We've got to brainstorm what's going to happen. And then we got to get out there and move our feet. 
so again, we want to thank you for being a part of the New Thought Media Network, being part of what we're doing here, uh, specifically on Friday mornings, but throughout the week. We're going to get out of here for now. Until then, any uh, last final words, Z? You know, my, 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 my one and only people, go do some homework, get involved, join the school board, join, join a, anything that's going to be able to have an intelligent, informed conversation for us to rise above the, the, the froth, if you will. I've got a new T-shirt coming soon. It says, love more and the world will be okay. Yeah. So today, this weekend, go out and love a little bit more than maybe you have in the past. Yeah. I'm Rev Briz. On behalf of my co-host, Reverend Elzia, we're out of here for now. We'll see you again next time. Until then, wishing you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.